Welcome to our class on Chassidus. We're going to be learning this week a beautiful Chassidic discourse from the Rebbe. The name of the Chassidic discourse is called Vayihi Be'etzem Hayoyim Hazeh. The Rebbe said this Chassidic discourse in Shabbos Parshas Boy, which was the eighth day of the month of Shvat, in the year Tavshin Mem Zayin, exactly 35 years ago. So again, the Chassidic discourse is based on the verse in this week's Torah portion, where it says, It was the middle of this day, Yatsu called all the Tzivit Hashem, all the Jewish people left the land of Egypt. And it says in a few verses later, It was the middle of this day, Hashem took the Jewish people out, me Eretz Mitzrayim from the land of Egypt, Al Tzivoysom. So the Rebbe brings from the different Hasidic uh, teachings in Torah Earth from the Alter Rebbe and from the other Hasidic teachings of the Rebbeim of the previous generations on this topic, even though it doesn't necessarily have this beginning of the Hasidic discourse of the name by Ahiba Etzimimazah, and they bring the question is what Chazal tell us, we know in the Gemara it says that. In reference to Chana, that from when Hashem created the world until Chana, who was the prophet Samuel's mother, there was no one that called Hashem with the name of Tzvois until Chana. Chana is the first one that called Hashem, prayed to Hashem with the name Tzvois. And Hashem said, because you're the first one that called the name Hashem Tzvois, so what's going to happen in the future is your son is going to start a prophecy. And we know in the prophet it says, Shmuel says, So you see that Shmuel called the name, prophesied with Hashem's name, specifically the name of Tzvois. <coughs> so they explain in these Hasidic discourses why in this verse, it says, Tzivois Hashem. In other words, Tzivois means Tzivois. It's written with a chirik. The, the, the vowel is chirik underneath the, the, the tzaddik. In other words, it's not its own name. Tzvois is the name of Hashem. Tzivois means it's connected to the next word, which is Yudke Vavke. Tzivois Hashem. So over here it doesn't say Tzvois referring to Hashem. It says Tzivois Hashem, the way Tzivois is connected to Hashem. However, when it comes to Chana, when she prayed to Hashem, and when her son, the prophet Shmuel, prophesies, over there it says Tzvois, and knows that is one of the names of Hashem. As a matter of fact, Tzvois is one of the most powerful names of Hashem, which you're not allowed to erase. If you wrote down Tzvois as the name of Hashem on a piece of paper, you can't erase it. It's a holy name of Hashem. So the question is, why is it that specifically this powerful name of Tzvois was only introduced by Chana and later on by Shmuel. And why isn't it mentioned beforehand? In other words, you have Tzivois Hashem, but it's not Tzvois. It's two different, two different ideas. Also, we have to understand, in the prophet, where the prophet Shmuel, Samuel, prophesies with Tzvois and ain't Tzvois, what is the prophecy about? The prophecy about is about erasing, eradicating the name of Amalek. So the question is, why... What's the connection between the name Tzvois and Hashem, which is one of the most powerful names of Hashem, specifically what? With the idea of erasing the name of Amalek. So Rebbe says in order to understand this, he's going to give an introduction about the whole idea of names. 
In other words, we're going to talk first about Hashem. So we know Hashem <coughs> is, there's different levels to Hashem. But what is the essence of Hashem? How is it described in Kabbalah and Exodus? It's called Atzmuso Yimohuso Yizborech. The essence of Hashem. And the essence of Hashem is much higher and much greater from anything that Hashem draws down of a light or energy in this world. The essence of Hashem is much more powerful than any light or energy that comes down to this world or anything that's revealed in this world. Because nothing in this world compares to the essence of Hashem. Hashem is infinite. So anything you have in this world, greatest things, the wow, wonders of creation, the greatest revelations, how can you compare to the infinite? It's all finite. And Hashem we know is infinite. Not only that, even when you say, wow, you can't compare, it's also not appropriate. Why? Because when you say, wow, you can't compare to the, to the essence of Hashem, so you're saying there's a, there is some kind of comparison, but you're saying you can't compare. When you have two things which are totally far apart, you say you can't compare. But obviously you're saying you can't compare. There is a comparison, but you're saying you can't compare it. However, by Hashem, what are you going to say? Infinite, finite, it's not this is infinite, this is finite. It's not about, how can you even use the term, you can't compare one to the other. It's off the charts. In other words, when you're referring to the essence of Hashem, Hashem is totally far, I mean, again, Hashem is infinite. So He's totally disconnected. And He totally has no relation with anything that's a flow of energy or a light or a life force that exists in this world. So therefore, even the expression of Ein Eroich doesn't fit by Hashem. Like Jeremy gives an example, like the famous example, a beautiful example in Tanya, the author says that someone says, for example, let's say someone comes with a brilliant idea, a brilliant intellectual idea, and you're sitting, everyone's mesmerized. So someone says, you know what? You know, it's so deep that you can't even touch it. So the Rebbe says, Alter, right, you're going to laugh. What do you mean, touch it? When you're dealing with intellect, you don't use feel. Feel is for something physical. So how do you use the idea of physical for something for, for an intellectual idea? So just like somebody would laugh, if you use a physical example for something powerfully intellectual, so the same thing also, how can you talk about the infinite Hashem and say, and comparing it or not comparing it to anything that exists in this world. Anything and everything in this world, as great as it is and as high as it is, it's finite. And Hashem is infinite. Now what happened? This infinite Hashem, which is so infinite, he had an idea. An idea. He had a, he had a, a desire, tainug, which we know is the higher level in Kesser. Or Ratzah, and he had a will, which is the lower level in Kesser. So he had a desire, Tainug, which is part of Kesser, or Ratzin, which is part of Kesser, obviously on a, on, a, on a godly level, that there should be drawing down energy into this world. God should be revealed in this world. But obviously the revelation here is no connection. True, it comes from Hashem, and everything comes from Hashem. But you can't compare what we have in this world to the infinite Hashem. In other words... We can't compare it. So there's nothing, it's, it's, there's no comparison. But nevertheless, all these energies in this world, which is included in all the revelations in this world, whether it's Chachma, Bina, Das, all the series, so that goes under the category of a name. We're, we're giving a name to it. You know, it's the infinite Hashem, there's no name, but something that gets drawn down to this world, we give a name to it. In other words, since there's no comparison, and again, as we mentioned before, you can't even use the word no comparison. 
So, but we have to give some kind of a, a, a definition to these em, these emanations of light and energy that comes down to this world. So we give the name Shemois. It has names to it, which is plural. Or in a higher level, shame. We give a, 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 def, a definitive name to something. In other words, what does that mean practically? Just like, for example, they, they use the example of a human being. You have a human being. So a person, every person has a name. But the name of the person doesn't represent the person. It has no comparison to who the person is. And it's just like when a person, a human being, we have intellect, we have emotions, we have talents, we have gifts, whatever we have. The name doesn't personify who we are. It's a name. It's, it's just what we call, we call the person. The same thing also, just like by a name for a human being, or just what calls the person doesn't represent the person. The same thing also, all the names that we use for the spheroids and for the light and for the energy does not do any justice to the infinite Hashemis. In other words, let's take for example a human being. On one hand, a human being has powerful energies from one extreme to the next. So for example, we have the head, you have the body, and you have the foot. So, obviously, the head and the foot, you, how can you compare? This is the head, this is the brains. And the foot is so, so much lower. Or, for example, take the soul and the body. How can you compare the soul to the body? The soul is godly, and the body is physical. Or if you, if you want to even go look in the soul itself, so different levels to the soul. There's nefesh, ruach, neshama, chayi, chida. On the highest level of the soul, we're telling, let's look at, take, focus on the highest level of the soul, the level of Yechid, the one that we're one with Hashem, and look at the heel in someone's foot. How can you compare? This is one with Hashem, and this is the heel in the foot. But nevertheless, you can say they have a connection. Why they're both in the same body? There is some kind. Of, there is some kind of connection because they ultimately they're all in the level of finite. So this is a very very high level, and this is a very very low level. So they're, they're both in the same sphere of finite. However, when it comes to the name of the person, that doesn't that that has no connection with the with the brain or even the foot. What's the relationship? It's just a name. So the same thing also applies. It applies also, for example, take a name from an animal, any type of an animal, or take a name of anything that grows, any type of fruit, any type of vegetable, or even inanimate objects, an inanimate object. What does the name have to do with the thing? Nothing. It's just we use it to identify what it is, but it has no comp- no connection to it. So the same thing also when it calls to all the things that God brings down to the world, all the different lights and emanations and energies and all the spheroids, the name really has no connection to it. But it's a name. So as what we learned so far is a name really does not represent what, what it is. It's a name. What, the connection with the name and the item is so far apart. And that is in, with human beings. How much more so with the infinite Hashem? But nevertheless, Trevor says... Even though a name doesn't represent what the thing is, but we find two different levels of names and two different components to names. One, the first thing. On one hand, what are we saying? What is a name? It just gives you identification, a representation of what we're talking about. But nevertheless, we know, and we learned this in Kabbalah and many places in Chassidus, that through the name of the person, Life and energy comes through the name. In other words, the name that someone is called in Hebrew, that's the name that's used to give the person life and vitality and energy to exist. 
So that's one level of a name. So on one hand, the la- name really doesn't represent, but the, on the other hand, the name is the, f- the channel of energy that through the name is what you get its life force. On the other hand, that's one, the second level of a name. A name has nothing to do with a person. Like you said before, it's just a name. It's not really, a, no, no, no connection to it. So it's two components. On one hand, it's just a name. On the other hand, yes, it's a name, but through it comes p- powerful energy. So the same thing all Strebber says applies the way it works spiritually on high. In other words, on one hand, <clears throat> you have the idea that when there's a flow of energy that comes down into this world, so one hand is coming from the infinite Hashem, when it comes down to this world, the flow of energy exists on a level of Ein Oid Malvadi, which means there's nothing other than Hashem. In other words, like this. Where does anything and everything come from in this world? So we know before Hashem created the world, it was the infinite light of Hashem. Einoid. Not Einoid Milvadoi, Einoid. The only thing that existed was Hashem. So anything before Hashem created the world, what was it? Einoid. Nothing else. It was just Hashem. In other words, since Hashem was the only thing that existed, Einoid, there was nothing else that existed before. That's before Hashem decided to create the world. So before Hashem decided to create the world, what existed? Einoid. Nothing else. Was Hashem. Einoid. After Hashem decided, Tainug and Ratzain, that there should be a flow of energy into this world, so now there's already something else. What is the something else? So now we add to Einoid that existed before Hashem created the world. Now we use the terminology Einoid Milvadoi. What is Einoid Milvadoi? And it explains very powerfully. Milvadoi from Hashem, there's nothing. From, from Milvadoi from Hashem, there's nothing. But with Hashem, Einoid, with Hashem, there is something else. And it was like this. Einoid Milvadoi. Besides Hashem, there's nothing. But with Hashem, there's something else. What is with Hashem? There's something that exists that when you see and feel that existence, you experience Einoid Milvadoi. In other words, like this. Before Hashem created the world, Einoid. There was only Hashem. Once Hashem created the world, Einoid Milvadoi. There's nothing really here that, that, that exists without Hashem. But, but what exists is because of Hashem. So Hashem is felt in that existence. What does that represent in the worlds, of, the worlds that Hashem created? We have Atzillus, Bria, Yitzira, Asiya. So the first world that Hashem created is called the world of Atzillus. What is the world of Atzillus? In the world of Atzillus, it's a world. That means it's already, it's not infinite. But what you what the energy in the world is, you feel Hashem. And actually it's called Oilomatzilus has another name for it. It's called Oilomaachdus, the world of unity. Why? Because the only thing that you feel that exists in the world, it means it's a world, it's a creation. You feel the oneness of Hashem. You feel the unity of Hashem. You don't it's not me, you, him, her, this, that. What you experience in the world of Atzilus is Achdus, only Hashem. In other words, even though it's a world, it's a new world. It's not infinite. It's already finite in some level. And what does world mean? In the world of Kabbalah, we know Oilam comes from the word of Helem, concealment. So we're dealing with a world of concealment. 
But even within the concealment, what, what you do feel is achdus. You feel the unity and the oneness that it's all Hashem. And like we like like for example, when we explain when it says Shema Yisrael, Hero Israel, Hashem Alakainu, Hashem Echot. What does Hashem Echot mean? Hashem, infinite Echad is one. What does one mean? So we know Echad is made up of three letters. Aleph is for the one Hashem. Ches is the seven heavens and the one earth. And four is the four corners of the world. So Echad means that even though we're dealing with seven heavens and the earth, and we're dealing with four corners of the earth, but what we feel is the Aleph, the Yudke Bavke, Hashem is Echad. We feel the Hashem. And as we feel and experience within the world, and all the heavens, and the world, and the four corners of the world, what we experience is Alufa Yishloilam, the Aleph, the one Hashem. So what, what does that mean? So even though there's, there's seven heavens, and even though there's an earth, and even though there's four corners of the world, what we experience and we feel is the Achdas, the unity of Hashem, the oneness of Hashem. And that's the, in, the definition of Einoid Milvadoi, which means... There's nothing else. But with Hashem, there's something else. What is there? Seven heavens, there's the earth, there's the four corners. But again, with Hashem, it's all from Hashem. So in other words, like this. The first level is, there is something else. But what you recognize, it's all coming from Hashem. And that's represented by the world of Atchilos, the world of Achtos. What's the second level, the way things come down into the world? <clears throat> that... You don't recognize and you don't experience the infinite Hashem. Where is that? That's right when you leave the world of Atsilos and it goes into the world of Bria and the world of Yitzira and the world of Asiya. All those three worlds have one thing in common. It's called in the world of Kabbalah, Alma de Pruda. The world where the separation. You feel there's your existence, someone else's existence. Hashem is not number one. It knows not only Hashem's not one, there's actually the vision. There's, a, there's, there's, real, there's real identity, so to speak, that thinks that they, that they exist. Two different levels. So you have the level when Hashem decided to create the world, that even after He created the world, in the world of Atzils, which still recognizes one as Hashem, once you come down to the world of Bria, Yitzir, and Asiyah, then you have the, 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 the separation and the division. So based on this, Rebbe explains the difference between where it says in the Torah, in this week's Torah portion, Tzivois Hashem, and the way it says in the prophets, Tzivois, in other words, in the Torah, in this in the Torah portion, where it speaks about Tzivois Hashem, so what does it say? It says Tzivois Hashem, and we explain the beginning of the discourse, Tzivois with a Chirik, so the Tzivois is connected to Hashem, which means that the Tzivois, the energy that exists in the world is Tzivois Hashem. What the, the Tzivois, the world is, is nullified and it's meshed in, it's in sync, it's unified with the Yudke Bavke. That's the way it's in the Torah. On the other hand, Tzvois, you know, it's the way you already have something that exists in this world, the way it's uh, mentioned by Chana, when Chana prays at Tzvois, or the prophet Samuel, when he uses the word Tzvois, that's Tzvois on its own. Tzvois is standing on its own right. And you don't see in the name, in the in the emanation of this world, it's not, it's not connected to the oneness of Hashem. So there's a huge difference. 
in this week's Torah portion, the way the light comes down to this world, different levels. So Tzivayz Hashem, you still recognize the one Hashem. However, when it comes to the prophet with Hannah when she prophesies and her son Shmuel, so over there, Tzvayz has its own, its own identity. There's some Einoid Milvadi, there's another existence that exists. In other words, like this. Tzivayz Hashem, where it says in this week's Torah portion, where the main thing is Yudke Vavke, and the fact that this Tzivayz, it's totally um, uh, in sync with Yudke Vavke, so that represents the way the way Tzivus Hashem is in the world of Atzilus, the world of unity, the Oilam Achtus. In other words, over there, everything is tuffle, everything is secondary to Yutke Vavke. Why? Because in the world of Atzilus, it's the world of unity. It's all one, it's all about Hashem. However, the way Tzivus Hashem comes down into Tzvois comes down to the world of Bri Yitzira Asira, over there, Tzvois has its own identity. It's not in. It's not in sync, and it's not totally in one with with with, with the Yudkei Bavke. And Eric explains why is that. And as why is that that in the Torah it's all it's all unified, and the prophets with Hannah and Samuel it has its own identity. The Rebbe says something very very powerful and very very intriguing. It says like this: In the Torah, what are we talking about? We're talking about the Jewish people, and as the Zoyer says, that the Jewish people. In the Torah, it's called the Durdeya. So says the Zoya. What does that mean? We're talking about the generation of Moshe Rabbeinu. The generation of Moshe were called the Durdeya. They were the ones that connected to Hashem through Torah. In other words, even though there were 600,000, think about the number, 600,000 male adults, besides the woman, besides the children under 20. So you can imagine how many people they were talking about. Huge amount of people. But nevertheless, even though there were 600,000 men, there was women, there was children over under 20, but they all stood in a level of unity. True unity. And there was no one that had an ego, and there was no one that, that took claim that they are their own identity. They were totally one with Hashem. So because they were totally unified, and that's the powerful gift of unity, we all know Achtas brings the greatest blessings. Because they were so unified, so therefore they were able to have draw down the godliness in a way that it was Tzivayz Hashem. Even though it was Tzivayz, there was energy in this world. We live in this physical world. But it was all, it was, the main focus was Yudke Vavke. Why? Because they were unified. The unity allowed them to mesh and to totally lose their own identity and to be part of Yudke Vavke. However, in the generations afterwards, and especially after the prop, after Joshua died, and the elders that were in the times of Joshua, and the, and the Rebbe is referring to specifically on the eighth day of the month of Shvat, what happened was then all of a sudden Chana came onto the scene. And she called Hashem's voice. Why? Because specifically in that time, in the time of the prophet Samuel, what had to happen then? Then we had to elevate the worlds of Bria, Yitzira, Asiya. In other words, what does Bria, Yitzira, Asiya represent practically in our world? It represents the world of division. We, we don't all get along. And we all, everyone has their own ideas. The ego is strong. And that's why, Gerber says, that's also why, what was Prophet Samuel prophesizing with the name Svois? About Amalek. What is Amalek all about? Doubt. Not the opposite of unity. 
He came to doubt the unity of Hashem. So over there, he had to elevate a Malek, and the Jewish people weren't 100% unified. So that's why it says Tzvayz. Not Tzvayz Hashem, when Tzvayz is connected to Yudkei Bavkei. Tzvayz had its own identity. And there it goes a step further, and that's why, what's Tzvayz mean? Tzvayz means an army. In other words, why do you need an army? When do you need an army? When you have an opposition, and you have to fight with the opposition. So the the inherent value of Tzvayz is, represents the vision. There's an army to fight the division, to fight the opposition. Or if you either fight them or to scare them, that you won't have to go to war, but you're still dealing with an opposition. And as long as you have a, a, a an existence of an opposition, so therefore you have to have the name Tzvois on its own. However, in the times of Moshe Rabbeinu, the Tzvois were, were, were um, humbled and they were in sync with Yudkei Bavchei. And that's why it says specifically Tzivah Hashem. And Rebbe says, obviously when the Bnei Yisrael were, in, were, were, were considered a Derdeah, and Hashem was taking them out of Egypt, and they were on the level where they were totally in sync with, with, with Yudkei Bavkei, so you need to have power, you need energy to be able to stand strong with the unity of Hashem, because since unity is with all the blessings, so you need godly energy to be able to continue uh, to be unified. So there was a because, because we needed to have powerful energy from Hashem to be unified, so we needed, we needed special powers from Hashem and, and, and unique powers for it. And that's why in the verse where it's called Sivas Hashem, it says three powerful extra, expressions. What does it say? By, it, by he it was, in the middle, in the essence of this day. What's the idea of the essence and the middle of this day? Shabbat explains very simple. These are powerful energies Hashem is giving us. Yoim, the Rebbe says, they refers to light and revelation. As we know, in the beginning of the Torah, it says, What do you call light? Day. So day represents light. Hazed, this one, is also revelation. Like it says in the Torah, Look with your finger and say zeh. So you see zeh is also about revelation. And etzem, the essence, refers to intense power of revelation. Like the commentaries on, 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 the, on the verse say that what does the etzem, what does it mean in the essence of the day? It means in the power of the day. in the midday when the sun is the strongest. So since we needed the strength to be able to remain unified, so Hashem empowered us by the etzem hayoyim azeh, by the revelation and the intense revelation, the greater intense revelation, so that we can we can continue with our unity. And because we were so unified, not only it was unity then, but the unity affected later generations. And because of that, Hashem had the power to take the Jewish people out of Egypt. Al-Tzivoysom. And Rebbe says, like it's, it's explained in many places in Chassidus, what's the idea of Al-Tzivoysom in the second verse that we quote? Because Tzivoysom, what does Tzivoysom mean? It's referring to the sparks of holiness that are, that are elevated and transformed through physical work. That's Tzivoysom. But Al-Tzivoysom means above the, the, the transforming the sparks. In other words, that the Jewish people are higher than the sparks. We are higher than the sparks. It's not that we're the sparks. No, we're higher than the sparks. And when we're higher than the sparks, then we're connected to the unity. Sparks is we have to deal with transforming them. We're higher than, we, we, we're one with Hashem. And there was this powerful energy that we had from when we went out of Egypt, continues on and it draws on even later on to the time of Shmuel.
that we had that when you had the, the revelation of Tzvois, but on the contrary, you still had some of the energy from going out of Egypt. And as we know, it says that Prophet Shmuel, the Prophet Samuel, and his generation were on the same level as Moshe and Aaron. And the Rebbe finished up and he said something very, very powerful. We know that when there's a revelation of Bi'etzem Hayoyim that created the unity, so we know that when it, when a, when there's such a revelation, at last, but even Nitzchi, it lasts everlasting. What does that mean, Nitzchi everlasting? In other words, we're dealing with a powerful level of Hashem, which is higher than time. But on the other hand, the power has power to go into this world and transform the world. You know, Nitzchi means it, it, it exists on every level, from the highest level to the lowest level. And by doing our avoida, by bringing revelation into this world and creating unity in the world, we ultimately come to the greatest revelation. The greatest revelation, because the goal is more revelation, more revelation, we'll have the ultimate revelation, what's going to happen when Mashiach comes. And, as the, and it says in the Torah, the Oz, then when Mashiach comes, Yasha, we're going to sing. And we know it doesn't say Shor, sing, but it says Yasha, we're going to sing. It's referring to future tense. And that's, as the commentaries tell us, referring to the idea that when Mashiach comes, we're going to have the resurrection of the dead. Everyone's going to be resurrected from the dead. And we're going to be reunited with all the people that passed away. When is that going to happen? It's going to happen with the redemption, the true redemption, the complete redemption, which happens through Moshe Rabbeinu, who was the first redeemer of the Jewish people, and David, Melech Mashiach, who's the ultimately the last redeemer of the Jewish people, and it's going to happen, God willing, in our days, very, very, very soon and very, very quickly. So here's a very, very powerful Hasidic discourse of the Rebbe about many important points. I think one of the major point, the point is that the key thing is through unity. When we have the real unity, that's when we have the greatest revelations. And that's when we have the greatest connection to Hashem. And by having the greatest revelation, we'll ultimately merit to the greatest revelation when Mashiach comes, and we'll be all together in Yerushalayim, our Kodesh, and God willing, our next class will be in Eretz Yisrael, Mashiach Tzedkenu. Have a great and blessed week. Shavua Tov.